generative AI was built so that everyone can grow, everyone can scale, everyone can present themselves and everyone can communicate. That's where the whole generative AI comes in. Welcome to the Never Employed Chat. My name is Sam and I interview people who make a living beyond salary jobs. Entrepreneurs, business owners and investors so that we can learn from their stories together. There are many great ways to make a living and even more ways to wealth. At Never Employed, we encourage you to think of alternatives to employment jobs. What would you do if a salary job was simply no option? So my name is Anand Goenka and I currently run uh, two brands under my one holding company known as Lilsas Incorporation. Under that, I run two brands right now. The first one is uh, Pitchground, which is uh, a SaaS marketplace. And the second one is uh, Firstsales.io, which is an uh, email outreaching tool. So those are the two uh, startups or brands I would say uh, I run at the moment. So Pitchground is uh, the second uh, largest SaaS marketplace in the world right now and uh, one of the largest SaaS marketplace in India for early stage uh, SaaS companies. And First Sales is the newborn baby uh, which came out of my last failure. So my last failure is something that I rebuilt uh, with my new CTO and my new co-founder uh, last year uh, in May. And we launched uh, the product on 19th of May. And yeah, it's been about like eight, nine months so far. Um, we're doing very, very well with that as well. So those are the two brands that we're running right now. So LilSaz is the core company. We classify ourselves as a sales tech company. So anything that, that revolves around sales is what we do. And then, then I wonder what, what's actually your background. So do, do you have a tech background, a marketing background? What, what's your background? So I started my uh, career as a, a freelance graphic designer. I self-taught myself everything, learned everything from YouTube, read books. Um, and prior to that, I was very heavy into gaming. Uh, I don't know if you remember this game known as Ragnarok. It used to be a very popular RPG game. And it was one of the first RPG games out there uh, that, that came out uh, back 17 or 18 years ago. And people were just crazy. So I was like one of those addicts who would like just play that RPG game all day long. And apparently that's where I learned how to build teams, how to work with teams, uh, because it was a team building game, right? It wasn't a solo game. So, and that's when it intrigued me, um, how to build designs because Ragnarok was built in a way where it was open source and anyone could deploy Ragnarok on their own server and run their own server basically. So I was in one of the popular servers and uh, they would run forums and they would always run contests like put up your designs and uh, you would win something or we'd give you some hampers or we'll give you some extra tokens and things like that. And when you're a 14, 15 year old kid, you're not looking to make money, right? At least not 17, 18 years ago because the entrepreneurship and the startup world did not really exist about 16, 17, 18 years ago. So I was like, oh, that's cool if I can just submit a design and things like that. So I started researching how to make them. And I found a few videos and they said that you got to learn Photoshop. And then you got to learn Illustrator uh, to make those designs so that you can then submit and they would upload that on the on the server files and it goes live for everyone. So I was like, very cool. I uh, started learning them, started making some of the designs and submitted them. Uh, people loved my design. And uh, eventually, then I started posting a lot of my graphical work on Orkut. Uh, back then it used to be Orkut.com, which used to be as big as Facebook. Now it doesn't exist anymore. So I would post a lot of my designs over there and uh, people were like, what are you doing? This is very interesting. People would pay you for all of these things. And I was like, as a 15, 16 year old kid then, I was like, who the heck would pay me for designs? Uh, so one of my friend told me that you should start freelancing 
And my next question was, what is freelancing? Because that was the very first time in my life I heard the word freelancing. And eventually I ended up landing my very first customer. It was from Israel. He asked me to design a logo um, and started my journey from there. After I got into heavy designing, I, I was like building up websites, uh, designing websites, not building up websites. And then my next Im immediate question was, how can I build the websites from the design? I don't want to restrict myself from just designing it on Photoshop. I want to actually see it being clicked and we're going to go to next page. So I was always curious about the next thing. And this is when I started learning HTML, CSS. And once I did that, then I came across the whole application system that you could also build an application. It would have database. And I was like, how do you do that? So again, I would spend all my time. Um, and meanwhile, my 12th grade came in where I just scored 50% because I would spend all my time in working and designing and gaming and all of these things. So my dream of becoming software engineer was completely shattered because at 50% in 12th grade, which is like the most, it is it is like uh, uh, high school basically uh, in, in other countries. So that's the most important year. If you, if you screw that up, it's very unlikely that you land into a good college. And that is exactly what happened. I got invites from some very crappy college to do software engineering. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. So I went into my roots and most of my family runs businesses. So I took commerce, which was very natural progression for me. And um, that's where I spent a lot more time because commerce is relatively a lot more easy for me because most of the Indians are very good with numbers in general. So uh, that was so very smooth for me that I would like spend a lot of my time on um, on just learning how to code and things like that. And uh, that's where I learned how to build applications. And I ended up building my first project. I ended up working and building up my very first startup with uh, my first co-founder, who's still my co-founder in the current startup. So that's how I started my journey. But when I was building up my first startup, my co-founder told me that, Udit, you are a, you, you will become a way good marketer and salesperson than you are a developer. And I was like, no, I don't like that because... I was a very heavy introverted person. Even right now, I have two personalities. When I'm not working, I am heavy introvert. But when I'm working, I am in a very extrovert personality where I would talk about everything. But if we would just meet randomly, I would probably just sit in a corner. I would not be like very outspoken. And that's something that I've developed over years, basically. So he told me, oh, just trust me. You are a very likable character in general. And I asked him, what do you mean by likable character, right? Because if someone is telling you about, about you, it's kind of like hard to understand who you really are unless and until someone really tells you. So he told me that do that, just trust me and I'll take care of the tech, I'll take care of everything else. And I was like, all right, let's give it a try. We give it a try for six months. And he told me that you will be the face of the company, you will be the CEO and I'll handle everything else behind the scene. I'm like, okay, six months, we give it a try. If it works out, it works out. And this is when I flew down to US for the very first time. I think I was just 20 year, 20 year old kid. Um, I flew down over there. My English was broken. I still remember it took me a month just to walk into a subway and ask them how to make my sub. It was that difficult for me. I didn't I did not even know like something like subway existed. So I still remember when I ordered my very first Starbucks, uh, I went uh, into into the store uh, with like full of confidence and when they asked me what kind of coffee do you want I was clueless because there was probably like 30 options I was like which coffee should I get because the only name of coffee that I've heard in India 
was cappuccino and uh, uh, then uh, this regular coffee, right? Just like a creamer and coffee and you mix it and you drink it, right? We in India call that as a filter coffee. So they told me something very fancy name and they called it like Americano. So I was like, all right, let's do that. And I had no taste for black coffee. Had a sip, threw it away, right? And I was like, I regretted spending $5 on that only to just throw it away, right? So since then, you know, my journey has been out there. I've learned a lot, learned how to communicate. And since then, I've never looked back and I've become so much better as a marketer and salesperson than I was as a developer. So that's been my journey. And if if we connect all of those dots of my life to pitch down today, it involves everything right from understanding design, UI, UX, development, marketing, sales. So when I look back and connect all my dots, as Steve Jobs always says that once you're in your in your 30s, and if you connect all your dots back, you will realize you are meant to be where you are and you would be doing what you are doing. So when I connect all those dots, I realize that that's my core strength, you know, like understanding tech to the core and then also able to understand how to sell softwares. That's been my journey. You covered so so many interesting topics already. That, that's that's really cool. But yeah, as, as you described, so it sounds like you learned many many different skills from many different perspectives. So they they eventually helped you to build the the skill set which you need to run successful startups. So I have always been someone who believes in curiosity and not passion. So. You would never know your passion if you're not curious about that next thing and you would not learn new things. So I've always been that character or as an individual that if something new comes in, it generally excites me and I want to learn that. As long as it resembles to what I'm doing, I would learn that, right? So let's say that if something new comes in around a cooking recipe that I'm not interested in, I'm not going to go with it. But now if a new software comes out, I am like, I want to try it out. I want to see how it works. I want to see how we can use this to drive growth. So I'm always curious to learn about new things. So I think that's where uh, whenever it came to learning new stuff, it was never too much of a problem or a hassle for me. Since I have always self-taught myself how to learn new things just by watching videos and reading books, even right now, learning new things is comparatively far more easier in general for me. When we are already there at, at learning new things and learning new technology, um, you you probably uh, tried ChatGPT and uh, some AI stuff already. So do, do you have opinions oh, on that? I think absolutely. In fact, I was using OpenAI about a year and a half ago because we run PitchGround. Uh, there was a lot of like OpenAI-based software that were launching on our SaaS platform. So we usually discover new things way faster than the general public. And ChatGPT is just like a compilation of entire uh, uh, OpenAI uh, in a more like uh, conversational AI manner, basically. So I definitely feel um, it has such a big opportunity for people. And it opens up doors and opportunity for businesses who cannot afford like expensive copywriter. And yet they want to express themselves. They want to build contents. They want to share contents. And also at the same time for uh, developing countries where English is not the first language, I think it's a great way for them to present themselves in the best possible manner in the most budgetary way. So technology is a boon uh, in, in that way because it brings equality in the society. 
how does it people in uh, developing countries? Uh, that's a very interesting point for me. In developing countries, uh, usually what happens is you will not find the best of the best talents, right? And if they are the best of the best talents, it's usually acquired by some of the funded startups or a very large company because they can afford to pay for the best talents. But when it comes to small businesses, they generally tend to uh, shy away because it would cause them quite a lot. And small businesses are already uh, struggling with margins. They're already low on revenue. And for them to invest about 30, 40% of their entire revenue on just one person, that's not justifiable uh, on a business point of view. So for them, having such technologies so very helpful that they can easily build things, they can grow things, um, and at the same time, at a very affordable cost, which is where like ChatGPT comes in. Uh, and in general, generative AI comes in, right? So the whole generative AI was built so that everyone can grow, everyone can scale, everyone can present themselves, and everyone can communicate. That's where the whole generative AI comes into picture right now. Personally, for, for PitchGround or for sales, do, do you use some kind of AI technology yourself? Or do you mainly, as you said, like market these other platforms who, who use it? No, so we are using OpenAI directly. Uh, we have built our own small platform where uh, we train our own data models uh, on DaVinci right now, DaVinci 003, which is uh, which is typically Chad GPT uh, GPT 3.5, as uh, as OpenAI says. So we've just built our own stuff because we need so much custom stuff that we cannot rely on something like Chad GPT because it's going to give more of a generic answer versus we want things to be done our way. So we're still using OpenAI, but we've just built a layer on it. So we keep on supplying new prompts to just train the AI so that the outputs that we get is more specific to our needs. And then in, in which way or for, for, for which part of the business do you use it actually? Uh, absolutely everything, right? From ads to uh, social media, to creating ideas, brainstorming ideas, brainstorming strategies. Uh, coming up with uh, with like webinar topics, strategies, pretty much everything you name it, we are using it for pretty much everything now. Okay, and then then how 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 does this look in practice? And if if you say things like brainstorming and so, it's like do do you just prompt like uh, yeah, <laughs> open AI yeah. for? Yeah, just give me ideas. That's it. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> that's that's really cool. It just saves time, you know, because. If I sit with my team and try to brainstorm, they'll probably take a week to come up with ideas. Uh, versus I can just do an initial brainstorm and see if I can find some nice, good ideas. If I can, then I use those ideas to sort of like further implement things, right? And then take it to the team level. And then we start working on the implementation strategies rather than figuring out, uh, we focus on how do we implement it. And that's why we are able to produce the kind of result with such a small team. Do you think that, that it's a, a problem that the, the data may be limited to, to a certain time level? I, I don't know um, about the, the data with which you work, but I think what uh, people talk about referring to uh, ChatGPT, for example, is that it only can look backwards and doesn't have the like very up-to-date data. That is if you are doing research level data, and if you require a research level data, and you want to use that research level data. So for example, if I if I ask ChatGPT with a prompt, uh, what is the revenue of SaaS industry? Mm -hmm. Then they'll probably give me data until 2021. But if I'm asking them, give me five topics to make reels about uh, in SaaS, at that stage, I don't need data. 
I need ideas. So we have to understand both of them, why we need to use certain technology in, in certain way. But then there are ways where uh, there are, again, software is available where it also uses serve.api, uh, which is again, an additional platform that would scrape in real time and then supply that to uh, chat GPT. And you can, again, there are services out there where you can just get the latest data out there. So you don't have to wait for something. There are technologies available already for that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, you probably also promote some of these, uh, yeah, startups and, and uh, like companies who provide these kind of services on PitchGround already, right? Yeah, so we keep on getting a lot of early stage startups, uh, SaaS startups who are coming up with amazing ideas all the time. And they keep on launching because uh, usually what we do is when they come on PitchGround, we have uh, half a million users uh, worldwide who are using our platform and buying from our platform. So it just makes your visibility and life a lot more easier uh, because people know that, okay, this is a good software. If it has come on PitchGround, it's probably... Uh, there's a very high level of due diligence done on the platform. So it builds a trust right away and it just gives you the audience right away. So usually for SaaS companies and, and small SaaS companies, they trim down their a growth period from like two years, three years to just six months, basically. That's a lot of time saved. But we are community-led, which means that we have built a community around PitchGround where we interact uh, a lot with our community and there is a very high level of transparency in terms of what happens, what 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 do they do, uh, everything, everything, literally everything. So our growth is community-led. Our tagline is uh, fuel your business growth. How did this generally develop? Connected to your past, how did you get from just being curious to building your startups and to pitch ground eventually? So uh, building a community initially was a little far more easier for me because uh, PitchGround isn't my first gig. Um, I'd previously sold two ventures before my third venture failed very miserably. So I had customers from the past uh, who were connected with me on LinkedIn. Uh, and most primarily, like most of them were on Facebook. So uh, I ended up building up a Facebook group uh, when when we started. Uh, and we used that as a grow as a driving growth factor as well and built our entire community over there. And then we also have a very small active community on WhatsApp on top of that, which we recently started when uh, WhatsApp community was released. For people who want to start some kind of business, do, do you have a general advice for, for people? What are important skills to, to be an entrepreneur? I think the most important skill is to have perseverance. That's the most important skill and get ready to work 24 seven because entrepreneurship is a 24 seven job. It's not a nine to five job, right? So if you are looking to quit your job and if you want to get into entrepreneurship, um, don't chase, don't do shortcuts. Um, there is, you'll, you'll not achieve growth when you, when you offer shortcuts ever, right? It's a long path. And uh, you need to enjoy every day. You need to enjoy the whole journey. Uh, you'll have 90 out of 100 days. Every 100 days, you will have four days where you will show hyper growth. And 96 days, you will probably be in the downtrend during the initial time, right? But that four days would be so incredible that it will outweigh the, the downfall. So that's what is going to happen. Now, imagine if you quit on the 96th day and the next four days were your growth day. So that's why entrepreneurship is long-term. It's not short-term. So 
you need to give time so what i would generally advise someone who is who has a job don't quit your job and start your business as a side hustle and once your side hustle income surpasses your salary that's when you will be in a position to just quit meanwhile work on your personal branding keep building contents keep building user base keep building community you don't need to rush because you don't have a pressure to make money additionally because you're already making money via a job so just spare you have about what like 24 hours a day if you're working for 8 hours you have another 16 hours left now put in another 8 hours uh into building up your side hustle or maybe just 4 or 5 hours a day put a rest of the day in your health and uh, and other stuff whatever you want to do but you can easily pull off 4 hours or 5 hours of additional work uh and also you train yourself for working long hours because when you get into full time you'll probably not work for just nine, typical 8 hours anymore you'll be putting in and pushing in 12 to 15 hours at least for the first 3 4 years so um be ready for all of these things uh it might sound very easy and fancy when everyone talks about start your own business but the reality it's not easy right you will have to give up on a lot of friends a lot of family a lot of sacrifices that you make during your initial days and if you're able to do that you'll reap huge benefits in 5 years of time very very important words from my point of view you you um address this to to people who are already working uh, yeah like salary jobs what would you say for people who um yeah just left college or uh, something else and who don't have jobs yet who maybe even have the safety of their parents house or things like that again get a job don't start with entrepreneurship right away the reason behind that is you will make a lot of mistakes when you do a job you learn from other people's mistake and you learn on and you make mistakes on other people's money so life is too short to be making mistakes on your own so your entire 20s should go into uh, working for three kinds of different companies right from 19 to 22 or 23 work for a bootstrap work with a bootstrap startup right because you will learn how to optimize business for margins from 23 to 27 work for a funded company especially someone who has just raised series a especially work for that company directly with the founder because you will learn how to use money to drive growth because optimization is not the key you have already learned how to optimize now you know how to spend the money to drive user base and from 27 to 30 which is additional 3 4 years work for a corporate a big mnc a big corporate because when you are working in a corporate for 4 years you will connect with other corporates you will potentially find your future co-founder over there because to get into those mncs or let's say to to get into google alone you have to crack a lot of codes right to get into microsoft to get into facebook it's not easy they have the most rigorous tough hiring process so if someone has just pass that hiring process itself that itself will give you that the other person is very vigilant in nature and they can handle the heat 
they can handle the pressure on top of that. So, and when you're building any company, you need such kind of people. So you'd probably find your future founding team over there. You'll build a lot of connection, but more importantly, you will build a lot of enterprise connections. And when you start your business, you now, you now know how to optimize your business for margins. You know how to use money to drive users in the best possible way and in the best way to spend money. And third, you already have enterprise connects. You can pitch them your product on day one and drive growth. Because enterprise sales only happens if you know them. If you cold email them, chances are they might even not respond unless until you have the right person and you connect and they have the problem then and there, right? Generally, when it comes to enterprise sales, you need connects. That's when enterprise sales moves faster. And I tell to all the startups that we work with at PitchGround, enterprise drives the revenue and small businesses drives your brand. So you need to understand why you need both. And that's how you will leverage and grow. So you need, if you spend that 10 years understanding these things, you will realize that when you build your startup in your 30s, you will have a far better chance of being successful rather than failing multiple times. And then probably one would be a jackpot. But why do you want to do that when there is a much better formula of learning things and learning on other people's money, learning with other people and learning from the best people in the industry as well? Because your manager or your boss is probably has way more knowledge, way bigger network. And you can tap into those networks, which otherwise is impossible for you to do that. So this is what I would recommend to anyone who is just like coming out of the college right now. Go in this path and chances of you being successful and making a lot of money by your 40 is a lot higher. And also when you're also looking to raise capital, you look creditable, by the way. You have a fantastic portfolio. Your, your CV looks so amazing that investors would want to invest in you. Even if you're not from an Ivy League like Stanford or Harvard, they would still want to fund you because they have seen the, the growth curve uh, in your past. And usually investors, especially early stage investors, they don't care about what product you're building. They care about do you have the potential to execute and grow? That's what they bet upon. So this is a formula, I would say, that has the highest chance of making you successful. So does this mean that you wouldn't even start to try building a startup before your 30s and instead use your 20s just to uh, learn and uh, network? Absolutely. That's the time because you have a lot of energy. Remember, uh, in your 20s, you have the highest level of energy in your body as, as a human. You can run around, you can travel a lot. But the moment you hit 30s, right, your energy level will drop. That's just human body in general. When you're in your 40s, your energy level will drop further. You would want to travel less. Even if you can travel, you would want to travel less, right? You would want to just sit back, relax. You want to spend more time with your family. But when you're in your 30s, you are hungry to drive growth. And also at the same time, remember during your 20s, you don't have any typical responsibility on your shoulder because you don't have a family. You're not married uh, during your early 20s. Generally, people would marry like in the late 20s or early 30s or maybe like late 30s. So when you don't have responsibility, your expenses are quite low at that stage. You're probably just paying for your rent, food, and probably travel. That's it. You're just paying for these things. So 
when there is a lesser responsibility, you can spend the time to just invest that money at the same time so that when you actually start a startup, you will also have over a million or two million or three million sitting in your bank account or probably invested uh, at different uh, stocks or probably just index funds. And when you want to start, you don't even need to raise capital. You can just continue bootstrapping because you have made that money in the past. That's how you do it. So don't even bother starting. Take slow. Again, this 10 years that you're going to invest will help you build a better business. That, that's really, really impressive words. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm quite uh, speechless. What are your plans for 2023 and uh, the coming years? So our 23 goal is to um, release a newer version of Pitch Around that we have been working on for some time. Uh, release that, continue growing on that. So I'm one of those entrepreneurs who has a clear vision that I want to stick around with this project for at least the next 10, 15 years, right? Because if you look at anyone who has made it big, have been involved with that project for at least 10, 15 years, right? Before that, they, you got to have like an extreme luck or someone comes and acquires you or something like that at a very high valuation where you have created so much hype about your company. So we don't want to do any of those things. Plus, for me, Pitchground is a very purpose-driven brand because when my last startup failed, that is what inspired me to build Pitchground on, on, on the first place. So I have a lot of emotions attached with this particular uh, brand or project, I would say. Uh, so it's not just like a company for me. It's not just a brand for me, right? It's a, it's a very purpose-driven brand. So we want to continue growing on that. We want to continue working on that, leveraging on that. And uh, that's, that's what we want to do. Just keep on distributing because we feel that we can help a lot more SaaS companies and founders um, through our platform. Is there any challenges you're currently facing? Anything where people may eventually help you? I think for every founder, they typically have just one challenge, which is to build a good team and get good people on board, right? So that's a typical challenge that even we face, right? To keep on getting good people whom we can work with, who can help us with growth. Finding good people in general to work with is hard. Then if uh, people think that they're suited to uh, work with you, where can they find you? They can just reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm very active on those platforms. Uh, they can just reach out to me. There are so many people who would reach out and just say, even if we don't have hiring positions, they would just say like, uh, we want to work with you with the kind of knowledge you have, the experience you have. Uh, I'm not going to stick around forever, but I would love to work with you for a couple of years to learn. And we're completely okay with that because I always prefer uh, someone being truthful because we, are, we have a very modern thought process, right? As compared to that traditional thought process of thinking, it's probably just going to work for two years. Why should I even bother? But if someone giving their two years, there's a lot of time if you think of it, right? Two years is a huge time. So as long as they are committed to what they want to do and they are ready to help and has the right uh, attitude, I think skills can be taught, talent can be taught to someone, but your attitude in general, no one can teach you. Your values, your uh, ethics towards being truthful, those are the things that no company can teach you. That's something that uh, completely comes from your upbringing, how your parents have really um, grown you as, as, a, as, a, as a person, how you evolve as a person. So th those are the main traits that we look at when we are looking to hire anyone in general. And then I hope that uh, you connect to great people that way. And uh, thanks a lot for taking the time. What is a pleasure all mine, Sam. Thank you. Thank you for taking part in this Never Employed Chat.
Subscribe to my YouTube channel for more interviews with business owners and investors. Or simply listen to the audio version in your favorite podcast directory. Make sure to follow me on all your preferred social media platforms, so that you never miss life-changing business tips. You find me on every platform with the account name samhartman.com. Start a business, become successful, and tell me about it. See you next time.